Welcome to our daily drive time devotion. We're in day three of Romans chapter 10, verses 8 to 13 today. In this look together at how to be an expert witness from the book of Romans chapter 10. We've talked about the need for a passion for salvation. If I'm going to be strong in my witness, the understanding of the barriers of salvation. And today we're going to look at the essentials of salvation. And I'd like to begin with the verse that we ended with yesterday, verse 8, and read through verse 13. Romans 10, 8 through 13 says this. But what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we are proclaiming. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you confess and are saved. As the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. For there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There it is. Those are the essentials of salvation. There's what it means to know Jesus Christ, have a relationship with him, and how that starts explained in a very simple way. The essentials are in your mouth, in your heart, because your mouth is where you confess, where you tell God and you tell others. I have faith in you. And your heart is where you believe, where you trust God. I want to look at the simplicity of these verses in just a moment, but it's amazing to me that in the simplicity of these verses, we often try to confuse them. So I would say, don't take this too literally. Confess with your mouth. Some people say, does that mean you can't be saved if you're mute? You can't actually say the words with your mouth? (laughs) The mouth is just the tool. It is the confession that's the point. We're going to talk about what that means in a minute. The word believe here, you just believe in Jesus, that he was resurrected from the dead. Some people ask, does that mean that you don't have to even go to church or obey God or even love Jesus to get to heaven? You just have to believe he was resurrected? No, no, you have to believe what the words mean. If you believe that Jesus is resurrected, you have to believe all that that means. He is God. He is to be followed. You have to believe you can trust everything that he said. As you look at these verses and what they have to say, it says, you say, Jesus is Lord. You say with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you are saved. And so some people ask, do you have to say those exact words, Jesus is Lord? Can you say, Jesus is my Lord? And people really confuse these verses. I know it sounds goofy, but I've read a lot about this. No, what this means is you have to accept him as your Lord, and you have to be willing to confess him as your Lord before others. These verses are talking about confession and belief. Confession. You tell others. You're not ashamed to let other people know you have faith in Jesus Christ. Confession is a choice. I can choose to try and hide the fact that I am a believer in Christ. And these verses remind me that if I'm choosing that, it says something very, very meaningful about the lack of faith that I have. I confess. I'm willing to let other people know Jesus is my choice. And you believe with your heart. You trust God. Belief is a choice. Am I going to trust myself or am I going to trust God? When someone says, I don't believe in God, it's sometimes the facts they doubt. Sometimes they doubt the facts about the Bible. But usually about 80% of the time I have discovered in talking with people that much more often it's the fact that they're choosing not to change that's keeping them from believing. They trust themselves the way they've decided to run their life, and they know that to accept God's presence, his relationship in their life, they'd have to make some changes, and they don't want to do that. So they don't believe. They trust themselves and not God. Now, Paul says, if you confess, if you believe, you're justified. 
you're saved. He's using two different words, two different pictures of the same thing. You are justified. You're declared not guilty. You're saved. You're rescued. That's what those words mean. Jesus did this for you. The moment that you confessed, the moment you believed, they don't come one after the other or one later than the other. The moment you confess and believe, you are declared not guilty, justified. You are rescued. You're saved. And a hundred other things. Now, it is amazing to me that we often take these verses that are meant to simply explain salvation, and we use it instead to make salvation sound complex. It is not. These verses remind us of these simple truths. The righteousness that comes by faith is available. It's it's right there. It's near you. It's in your mouth. It's in your heart. Paul is saying here that the gospel is easily accessible. It's not easy, but it is easily accessible. It is made available. It's in your own heart and mouth. The two essential beliefs here are that Jesus is Lord. Lord means the manager, the director, the master, the one who guides my life. He is the Lord. He has the final say. And also that Jesus is alive. You confess that he is raised from the dead. Jesus is Lord and he is alive. That's the incarnation and the resurrection. Salvation is available. That's a simple truth. The simple truth is also that salvation is available to everyone. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. Anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. It is available to everyone. That's the simple truth. And the simple truth is it's available to everyone who calls. Desire to have a relationship with God isn't even enough. You have to call. You have to have the faith to say, I ask you, God, to come into my life, to become a part of my life. Verse 13 reduces all the gospel to one simple statement. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's the scope, everyone. That's the simplicity, who calls on the name of the Lord. And that's the security, will be saved. No doubt about it. Someone asked me once, does that mean that if if I don't call on his name, I will not be saved? If I could do anything to help people to understand salvation, it would revolve around this question. Some people have the sense that we all are born into this world innocent and that some of us along the way get saved and some of us along the way get not saved. That is not the Bible's picture of us as human beings. The truth is you're already not saved. The moment you're born into this world, you're not saved. You're already lost, every one of us, and so we need a Savior. That's why Jesus came. Salvation means rescue. He is rescuing me out of something. He's rescuing me from an eternity without him. You're not born innocent. You're born lost. The decision's already made. You can't do anything about it. But Jesus can. Jesus can. That's why everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be rescued. We're already lost. We're already in need of rescue. And he has come to rescue us. Now, as we talk about salvation, everyone calling on the name of the Lord and they'll be saved. Some people ask, weren't people in the Old Testament saved by the good things that they did? And then like when Jesus came, then people were saved by by him? Didn't things sort of change? Not at all. If you read the Bible carefully, you find that Old Testament and New Testament, everyone is saved by Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, those who were saved were saved by calling on the name of someone who hadn't been born yet as they made sacrifices and looked forward to the fact that Jesus would one day complete the ultimate sacrifice once for all by giving himself for us. As they trusted in God's direction and God's love for them and looked forward to the fact that one day he had promised a Messiah, they were looking forward to what God would do. 
I always like to say that the blood of Jesus Christ flows both ways in history. It flows forward in history to us who today believe in him, knowing his name, but it also flows backward in history to those who, even before Jesus was born, trusted in God and his direction. Everyone who's saved is saved by Jesus Christ. And these verses remind us that being saved is a simple process. Don't complicate things so much that you don't recognize the simplicity of what it means to know him. We rest in Christ. We rest in the fact that he has given himself for us. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That is so reassuringly simple. Someone wrote to me about these verses and said, on the one hand, there are a lot of things I don't understand. By nature, I question everything, and I always want to draw my own conclusions rather than just accept those of others. Because of this, I'm also afraid I'm going to get something wrong and that that would have eternal consequences. But on the other hand, as I read these verses, it makes it sound so simple. Confess and believe and you'll be saved. Faith is the most important thing, and through God, the rest will follow. This is extremely reassuring to me and gives me a great sense of peace. And that's what I pray for you. As you hear these verses, there's an extreme sense of reassurance and a great sense of peace. It's so simple. And here's God's promise based on this simplicity. Anyone who trusts in me will never be put to shame. And what does that specifically mean? It means specifically in our relationship with God. I will never be put to shame in my relationship with him. I can go to him in confidence, any moment, any time, not put to shame because of what Jesus did for me. I'm saved. And I will spend eternity with him without shame because of what Jesus did for me. And that is true for anyone, anyone who trusts in him. As we talk to God today, spend a few minutes talking to him, let's thank him. Let's thank him for the reassurance and the peace that is in these verses. Our Father, we are grateful. We are grateful for your reassuring love and the simple truth that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The simple truth that anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. And the simple truth that you bless all who call on you. As we think about the reassurance in that for us personally, we also are grateful for the reassurance in that for all who call on you from all times, from all countries. And God, we pray for a sense of peace, a sense of peace that results from the assurance of what you have said. A lot of people who say a lot of things about you, but when we read what you say, when we read your truth, we sense your peace and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, join us tomorrow. We're going to be looking at verses 14 to 17 of Romans chapter 10. 